Hello and welcome to today's podcast from the Video Journal of Neurology. Video Neurology is an independent, open access video journal that provides healthcare professionals with the latest news from global congresses through innovative digital media. In this episode, we delve into the exciting field of artificial intelligence and its integration into various areas of neurology. We've gathered leading experts who will provide insights from recent research, showcasing how AI is transforming the landscape of neurological research and patient care. First up, we have Tiago Otairu from the University Medical Center Göttingen in Germany. Professor Otairu will illustrate how AI is fast-tracking progress in neurogenerative disease research. Understanding the basic rules defining protein folding and unfolding has been a focus of research for many years. AI is aiding in this quest by predicting the normal 3D structure of proteins and how these may change in different circumstances. The topic of this year's EAN meeting is big data. And when we talk about big data, then we immediately realize that we need help in order to deal with the volume of data that different fields are generating. And artificial intelligence is, of course, something that everyone talks about at the moment uh, when we hear almost on a daily basis people talking about chat GPT. And that's just one form of artificial intelligence. Now, in the field of uh, protein science, uh, we've had a challenge for decades, and that's to understand the basic rules that govern how proteins fold into their normal uh, three-dimensional structure. And we know this is very important because the structure, the shape of the protein, defines the function it performs in a cell. Now, in many uh, neurodegenerative diseases, and also in other neuro neurological diseases, we know that either through mutations or environmental factors, proteins change their three-dimensional shape and may end up forming aggregates that accumulate in the brains of patients. So we introduce another level of, com of complexity here. And artificial intelligence is uh, helping us predict the, three, the normal three-dimensional structure of proteins, which is very important so that we can then design molecules and uh, therapeutic strategies that can interfere with the proper uh, and normal folding of proteins, preventing the misfolding and the accumulation of aggregates. And so this is where I think artificial intelligence can play a big role in the context of neurological diseases, and hopefully by enabling us to predict and to understand this process of folding and misfolding and aggregation of proteins, we might have a better chance of tackling these diseases by interfering with this very basic and fundamental issue of protein folding. So the key challenges in applying AI to this, the study and prediction of protein folding is that we don't have experimental uh, data uh, to, that tell us uh, how all proteins fold. So we can predict the folding, uh, we, we understand uh, the basic rules, but then we are still not good at understanding how different cellular environments or chemical environments created by uh, uh, the surrounding nature affect protein structure. And so the only way uh, we'll be able to solve this is by acquiring more data, more experimental data, and having uh, AI systems learn from those basic rules that we identify so that they can be better at predicting uh, these, these basic rules that will eventually tell us how proteins are folded. AI can help us a lot in uh, uh, applying uh, novel uh, uh, strategies for therapeutic in intervention, in this case by giving us information about the, the three-dimensional structures of proteins, either in their 
normal uh, uh, functional state or in the abnormal pathological state that we think uh, is associated with different diseases. So uh, this is uh, where artificial intelligence promises to deliver uh, uh, by opening a uh, 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 Pandora box with opportunities that we, we still cannot fully grasp at the moment, but by understanding protein structures, we hope that we'll be able to uh, uh, have better strategies for interfering with protein aggregation, which is one of the problems in many of these diseases. Our next speaker, Chie Chun Cheng from Mayo Clinic, Rochester, will delve into the usage of AI in the headache field where it's increasingly being used for diagnosis, patient classification and subtyping, as well as predicting treatment response. In the AHS scientific meeting, I also gave a presentation reviewing the um, AI applications in headache, current and future research applications. So I think this is really an exciting field um, in the AI in, in the AI world that from um, based on kind of several development kind of in the headache field and also in the non-headache field, um, people, uh, it has drawn a lot of attention in how we can utilize AI in headache medicine. So I think, um, so I conducted a pretty detailed review of the literature and in the presentation, I summarized that AI could be used in different aspects in headache medicine. So for example, there has been AI studies to help us with headache diagnosis, headache classification, and also subtyping of patients in, in like even with the same diagnosis, for example, with migraine. AI can also be used to, um, to predict treatment response. So identify predictors um, to help us predict which patients would respond to which medications. So that is another applica application of AI in headache. In addition, um, AI and big data analysis can also be used to gain insights from different data sources. So for example, there have been different studies um, gathering uh, using leveraging data from social media like Twitter data or um, headache smartphone application data um, to to do different types of analysis to gain insight on how patients report their migraine in the social med media, for example, or um, how we can utilize electronic headache diaries, smartphone applications to, to gain insights on, for example, comparing the effectiveness of different acute medications and et cetera. Addition, uh, additionally, I also reviewed on the development of large language models. So for example, uh, ChatGPT, since it's emerged in December of 2022, it has really gained the public awareness of generative AI. So, and has really pushed the field or created a paradigm shift of the AI field to move from predictive AI to generative AI. So we not only want AI to predict what will happen to a patient, we also want um, to be able to leverage the different types of generative AI tool to help in, to help in patient management. So for example, so it really pushed from predictive AI to generative AI and generative AI does not, it can also generate images like there are different AI program that help, help us generate different types of images that can be used in some way in medicine as well. In addition, AI can also generate like music or videos. So in the clinical practice, so for example, with this new trend of generative AI, um, there has already been different 
um, potential applications that are currently under development. So for example, from a clinician perspective, there have been studies trying to um, develop whether AI can help, for example, physicians draft um, a response to patient messages that we are receiving in the clinic, or whether AI can help physicians generate clinical notes based on the diagnosis or lab results in the EHR, or whether um, AI could help to generate test questions like USMLE test questions. And those are different types of applications that are currently actively being studied. So I think um, in addition to kind of predictive tasks like asking AI to tell us what will happen to a patient or what is the diagnosis of the patient, AI could also potentially help clinicians clinicians to improve um, the, the clinical efficiency in terms of like day-to-day -day kind of activity. However, I think that it, it will be important for us to remember that AI models depend on the data that it was trained on. So for example, whenever we evaluate an AI model output, we have to think whether this model was trained on, for example, data that came from a tertiary headache center or data that came from the primary care setting or data that came from the, the internet in general, because those could potentially affect um, the output of any type of AI model. So it's important to remember to always evaluate the accuracy of the or potential bias of a model output. And in addition, with this newer generative AI thing, like the large language model, it is pretty well known that it could potentially make up things. So for example, people called ChatGPT could hallucinate, um, which means that it can make up things that don't necessarily exist. Um, which in a from a neurologist standpoint, I think confabulation or fabrication is really a better word uh, is really a better word than hallucination but but anyway i think it's important to kind of evaluate those model output to make sure that those are really factual and accurate and um, make sure to evaluate for potential bias as well it is important especially with potential ai applications in headache to to remember that there are new and new research coming out um, kind of pretty rapidly, kind of every day. So there's certainly an excitement in the field to bring more kind of AI, big data analysis or machine learning into the headache field using different novel technologies. So, so stay tuned on how we could use this novel tool to explore different aspects of headache medicine and um, extend it to, um, to see the development of um, kind of the newer development of um, and potential applications of, of AI in the headache field. Finally, we will hear from Daniel Goldenholz from the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston. He will discuss the present and future applications of AI in neurology, from seizure detection devices in epilepsy to sleep analysis tools, the current uses of AI are already transforming the field. However, the potential for growth is immense, with virtually every area of neurology set to benefit from further AI advancements. The present applications are a small but growing number. Um, we are seeing, uh, we, we already have some FDA approved applications in the areas of neurophysiology for uh, seizure detection and spike detection. Um, 
and uh, for cer certain sleep analysis tools and some for bio uh, bioprosthetics for EMG, um, brain computer interface type things for people that lose limbs. Um, in stroke, we're seeing some applications for imaging analysis, and and, there, and we're going to have a lot more imaging analysis tools coming online in the coming months and years. Um, and it's just sort of little piecemeal uh, things are coming on in epilepsy, particularly uh, my field, there's been a, uh, a wearable device that can detect seizures using AI, and there's going to be a lot more wearables with that sort of um, focus uh, that are they're coming in um, this year and, and will be coming in the, in the coming years. I think that the bigger question that you asked is like, where is AI going to impact neurology? And um, it's a funny question because the real question should be where isn't ai going to impact neurology there is absolutely nothing that we do in neurology that won't be impacted by ai in the coming years and we can see this more now than we ever could before in 2023 uh, because of what's changed what happened with the latest developments in ai is that we suddenly realized that all the rules that we used to think were true are not true that now ai is so much better than we thought was possible and generalizing and attaching tools to other tools that we thought was, you know, just never going to work now is working today. Um, so a lot of the things that we talked about in, in my talk at AAN got into how everything that neurologists do potentially has, uh, you know, a way that AI could touch it or could, could help it or eventually, you know, take parts of it on, um, or improve it or, or, you know, completely take it over. Um, so the answer is everywhere. I think in the short term, um, there's fear of the unknown and there's fear of the new and the fear of the different and, and that's bad. Um, uh, but in the short term, what we're going to actually see is we're going to see help there's a lot of things that we need help with, um, questions that we don't know how to answer, questions that are difficult to answer, and uh, questions that we don't have enough time to, to deal with. So uh, a simple example is it is becoming harder for um, regular pra practicing neurologists to know enough information to be able to be helpful to their patients. There's new medications coming online. The uh, the interactions between these new medications and other new medications, as well as the mechanisms of actions and, and uh, potential side effects that are rare, um, just exploding. The number of new genetic diseases is exploding. The number of tests that we can do on people is exploding. The number of immune modulations that we can do is exploding. And so as, as just the, the number of options and the number of things that we need to know now, today, become unmanageable to the average human brain, um, having the augmented assistance of an infinitely memorizable system is, is really, really important. It used to be Dr. Google and Dr. Google has failed us in many ways. Um, and, and by Dr. Google, of course, I mean, you know, you can just do a search on the internet for answers to questions and that used to be useful. Um, and even, even now it's, it's still overwhelming and it's still impractical and it still provides a lot of incorrect answers to things. So having an AI assist us now with our problems with our patients today is important and it will become more important as, as all of those trends kind of continue. Those were all the updates we had for you today. So thank you so much for tuning in. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. And if you found it useful, we would love if you could leave a review. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, you can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app, including Spotify, Apple, and Podbean. Finally, be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJNeurology to join in the conversation. You can also visit vjneurology.com from the latest updates in the field. See you next time.